Psalm 119. Psalm 119, one of my favorite chapters in the scripture because it talks about one of my favorite things. It just gives us insight into God's word, his ways, his testimonies, his statutes, the things that he uh, gives us to lead our life by. And uh, it's, it's a long chapter, but it's such a good reading chapter. And so uh, we're going to start at verse 9, read down to verse 16. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart I have sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches and have respect unto thy ways. Oh no, I'm sorry. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Man, isn't that wonderful? What a a declaration. I will not forget your word. Praise the Lord. Let's just set our Bibles down and let's just give the Lord a hand clap for his word this morning. Aren't you thankful? So thankful for the word of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we praise you. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus. And you can be seated our lesson today is living out God's Word. Not living without, because ain't no life without it. But living out, that means to live in God's Word, to live by His Word, to live through His Word. But that last little line there just really jumped out at me while we're reading this, I will not forget your word. I won't forget your word when things are not going my way. I won't forget your word when things are going my way. <laughs> you know, there's more danger in that. Uh, even the Lord would remind his people and warn his people, said, when you get to the promised land, you better be careful when things start going good that you forget me. And so uh, sometimes... When things are going good, that, that, that will tell you whether or not if you, if you think of the Lord as just your emergency kit or is, he, or is he the Lord. If he's your emergency kit, you think about him when you can't pay your bills, when your relationship goes bad, when you get sick, when you're discouraged. That's the only time you think about him. But when uh, he's your Lord, when you love him, when you love his ways, then... Uh, He's always on your mind. You're always thinking about him. You always want to live by his word and do the things that will be a delight to you. He, he said, I delight myself in thy statutes. People sometimes got the wrong view of the word of God that it's, uh, oh, boy, it's just a thorn bush. Just always hindering me from 
from getting to what I want to do or stopping me from being who I want to be. And it's just a bunch of rules and regulations. And, and it just, oh, man, I just, you know, but, man, when you really taste and see that the Lord is good, when you understand uh, the power of that word and, and the blessing that it is to live by that word, you realize I can't do without the word. This writer said in verse 11 that I have hid your word in my heart so that I might not sin against thee. And we've got to have that word. Sin is definitely what we don't want to do. We, the Lord hates sin, so we should hate sin. He delivered us from sin. He died that he could wash us from sin. I don't want to sin. And so uh, God is, he knows that. He knows that people, if they really truly love him, they want to live for him. They want to live a life pleasing to him. And God said, hey, I'll give you a way to do that by my word. You'll never do it on your own. There is a way that seems right to a man. But the scripture says the end of that way is death. But if we want to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord, we live by the word. Jesus said in Matthew 4 and 4 that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, God provides that bread. Give us this day our daily bread. But he said, you know what? Even that that I give you to eat, that I give you to nourish your body with, is not more important than my word. It was Job that said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. We know that it is necessary to eat or we will die. You have to eat and drink or you'll die. That's just how it is. And so the Lord told us, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. The word live there actually means a phrase. It means to live a life. God expects us to have a good life. He has given us richly all things to enjoy. Man, living for God and being born again is the best life going. And God has given us so many great things to do through his word. We cannot have a life for God in other words, without the word of God. There is no life. You can say, well, I live for God. Not if you don't live according to his word. Going to church ain't living for God. Yeah. Just giving it, you know, just giving sometimes or singing or even preaching. That ain't living for God. There's a lot of people preach don't live for God. Come on. There's a lot of people go to, go to church. They do all kind of things they for themselves. They were have, they they were like that in the Lord's day. He said, "Oh, they pray, but they pray loud and on the corner so everybody will see them. They have their reward. Or oh, they give, but they give so everybody can see it. They have their reward. They they do it so they can have the applause of men and 
and they serve their own flesh and they serve their own bellies, the Lord said. And so they got their reward. It's here. It's temporary. It'll, it'll die with them. But to live for him and to live for his word, that's everlasting life. That's the life I want to live. I want to live out God's word. He made himself flesh and walked this earth and gave us an example of how to live out God's word, how to treat people, how to love people, how to deal with people. He showed us an example of what to do. We always say, oh, what would Jesus do? And, uh, you know, maybe sometimes we ought to think, what would Jesus not do? You know, but, um, but you know, oh, I want to be more like Jesus, but do we? How do I be more like you, Lord? You've got a whole book that will tell you how to be more like him. Jesus said, I, I can't do anything except what I've heard. <laughs> I can't do anything but what he's told me. I can't do anything. I can't go outside of those boundaries. And th this book, it's for our betterment. It's to help us live out the word of God, to live out a life that's uh, lit, led by his word. And, and there can be nothing any more pleasing to God than to know that we're living by his word. I think it was John wrote, said, I have no greater joy, excuse me, than to know that my children walk in truth. Well, the scripture says his word is truth. And so there's, if there's anything that is pleasing to God, it is us living by the word of God. It's so important to spend time reading this word. Don't get into a competition with nobody trying to read. Don't think, oh, I hear all these people, they read the whole Bible this year, and I've read like Two books, you know, I mean, okay, but were you reading it prayerfully and studying it? Were you, you know, so everybody's not, uh, uh, you know, what? Well, some people are just not good readers. <laughs> They're just not, some people don't like to read. It's just a fact that because they struggle with it or whatever, but, uh, and, and so God knows that people, some people just don't like to read. And so you're not, maybe you're not going to sit down and read you know, 48 chapters at one time. I can do that. I can sit down and, and read, I mean, the book of Genesis in a sitting because I just get engrossed in it. I just, I, I'm just, it, it never loses. But everybody's not like that, and it don't, that's okay. You know, I just bought a, a little book that is it's going to, uh, it's called uh, Power Reading or something, and I'm going to be reading through the entire Bible in 60 days. That's going to be quick. I've never done it, but I saw somebody uh, commenting and they were doing that. And I said, I'm going to try that because if I did that, I could read the Bible like six times in a year. You can't get enough of it. You, know, you get in there, you, you remember it. It's repetition. I'm, I'm, but I'm not just reading it and letting it go in you know, through my eyes and out my ears. I'm trying to hide the word in my heart. I want every corner. Because, see, I'm going to read over it one time and miss something. I'm going to read over it a second time and miss something. But then I'm going to read over it and catch it. And then the next time I read it, I'll catch it. And then I realize that's how I need to make my adjustments. That's where I adjust my walk in my life. That's where I get better when I am reading this word of God. Study this word. Look, look in the original translations and, and, and things. 
do word studies just of, of words and see how things break down. And, and you'll find it's just like you're digging in a never-ending treasure chest. You're constantly finding things that will help you be better. You know, we say the just shall live by faith. Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word. You can't have faith without the word. You've got to have the word. Every believer, that's me, every believer needs more than just a new birth experience. Yeah. If the Lord intended for us to know about him and Calvary and rising from the dead and that was all, it wouldn't be this book. He said, well, there is no salvation without that. Without his salvation, without him going to the cross and the resurrection from the dead, we've got to have that. But then he said, you're going to be born again. The Lord said, he can give it to Paul, and he wrote it in Romans. He said, you're going to be raised to walk in the newness of life. There's a life to live after being born again. Well, how, how do I live it? By the word. How can a young man cleanse his way? Clear a path. How, how can I clear a path to walk in this life? By taking heed to the word. It'll get you over every obstacle. It'll get you through every trial. It'll bring you through the middle of the waters. It'll bring you through the fire. Bring, come on, it'll be with you in the wilderness. It'll be with you in the dead of night and give you light. We need the word of God. He raised us up to a living and working faith. Faith without works is dead. And so he said, I, I, I want you to have, this is your life. You're living by faith, living by faith in Jesus above. I used to sing that song, and man, it just, just would thrill us. People would just, these old hymns sometimes just, man, you think, who wrote these things, man? What were, how did, they were so in touch with, with what God's people needed and living by faith in Jesus above. And so we're living by faith, but faith without works is dead. And it is the word that shows us how to work, to, to, uh, to be functional. Our, our faith, uh, this word, is it, functional, it's purposeful. It has, it, it, and guess what? It's not just for me and you. Our faith is meaningful and it makes a difference in the lives around us. Do you know your faith and your walk with God affects people around you? There was one man who could not get off his bed. So he had four friends full of faith that picked him up and carried him. And when the Lord saw their faith, their faith changed that man's life. Oh, it was Jesus that did the healing. But their faith is what got that man to the Lord. They were living out God's word to be kind to people, to be helpful to people, to bear people's burdens, to, to love people. And whether they realized it or not, it was their working faith that touched that man. And how many other people that day said, that's the example I want to live by? How many other people heard Jesus say, your faith, uh, the faith of these four, and, and as Jesus began to talk about them, did they all of a sudden be like, hey, you know what? 
I want to be like that. I want to be like those four. I want to help people. I want to bring people. I want to let my faith. I believe what Jesus is doing, so I don't want to just keep that to myself. I want to take people to him. I want to live out God's word. And I want to hide it in my heart. That's why I need it. I need to hide this in my heart. And so, uh, you know, I, I was talking about reading the Bible. You read through it in a year. Read it. How many times you read it? Whatever you do. The thing is, is that you can know a lot about the Bible and still not have faith. Yeah, there's a lot of people that can quote the Bible from one end to the other, don't even believe in God. They read the Bible, but they read it because they want to disprove it. They read it because they want to fight about it. They don't read it because they believe in it. They, they just want to challenge people on it, and they do that. But there will never be people of great faith who don't know God's Word because you can't have faith without the Word. You've got to have the Word of God. And so the Lord designed us to grow, grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a word made flesh. But so as we increase in knowledge of the word of God, our faith grows also. You know, it starts, in, and it can be like a mustard seed. And we think, you know, people say, don't miss, I've seen a post, you know, a meme or something, somebody, I've got a mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it. Well, the Lord said, if, you, if that's all you got, that's powerful. But we settle for mustard seeds. That was an example. That was a reference. He was trying to say, faith in me, no matter, you know, when it's like that, is powerful, more powerful than anything in this world. Mustard seeds and mountains. But see, we think because he said that, I just need a little mustard seed of faith. Well, how about get a big bucket of mustard seeds? How about get a uh, how about get a cantaloupe of faith? How about get a you know, get get come on get you a coconut man get something you know, get something that you could throw at somebody and hurt them get you something. They said increase our faith. You know, somebody walks up says here you go what's that. I, I can't even see it without my glasses. Oh, that's a mustard seed. You got all you want. I, I, I want more than that. Is that all you got? I want more than that. Sometimes we feel like, oh, we got some mustard seed, but I want more than a mustard seed. That's the, the Lord said, that's where, that's the least. And so, and that's the problem with us sometimes is we're satisfied with the least. But the Lord said, abundantly you could have life and the things I've done you'll do and greater things shall you do and, and it's, so I, I don't want to just get hung up on mustard seeds yes. thankful for the mustard seed but I want everything that God's words got for me and I want to have faith in everything you know I think sometimes mustard seed faith is, is when you believe God can only do this certain thing but it begins to grow when you believe he can do anything. Because there's people like, we've talked about this here lately, we said, you know, people can believe he can wash my sins away through blood I can't see. That he can fill me with his spirit, I can speak in an unknown tongue, yet I can't believe he'll heal somebody. I, I want more than a mustard seed. 
I want everything that God's word has got for me. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 about the word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Why would I not want what God wants? If it was inspired of God, why wouldn't I want it? Because he said it's profitable. I'm one for doctrine to teach us, for reproof and correction. It'll get you in the right place, help you to live right, help you to walk right, help you to do the things that are pleasing to God. Because if you love him, you want to please him. He said, it's good, it is profitable for instruction in righteousness, how to live righteous, so that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. When we take the word and hide it in our heart, man, we're headed toward a completeness. The Bible says we're complete in him. All right, if I'm complete in him, he's the word. The word made flesh, it dwelt among us. And so... I know that all that just ties in together, but whenever I hide the word in my heart, it's going to help my life to feel complete. The most tormented soul I've ever seen is someone who experiences new birth but never tries to go any farther in their walk. They can't understand why they're miserable. They can't understand why they struggle. They can't understand... You know, see, the Word will teach you about trials and tests. It'll teach you about temptations and things that come your way. And they, they can't understand why they're getting kicked all over the place and, and walked on and slapped around because they came down and they believed and they received you know, the Holy Ghost. They were baptized and you know, washed. And, man, they felt good for a moment. But now I don't know why my life's so hard. Have you been reading? Well, you know, I'm really busy with my work schedule. And I go, okay. Have you been praying? Uh, well, you know, I got to get home, get the kids. I got this. I got, and now I got practice. And I got this. So I, I haven't really had time to pray. Well, see, the word will teach you to study, to show thyself approved unto God. It'll teach you to pray. But see, if you don't read the word, you don't know that the, the Lord says when you pray. He expects, there's an expectation that believers will be praying or when you fast or when you give. We've talked about that. And so uh, when people don't read the word, they have no idea what God expects of them. I just thought I could get born again and go straight to heaven, but you didn't. You're still here. And you're more miserable than you were before you came to the Lord because you're trying to live righteous, but you're not getting any instruction in righteousness. You, you can't live out the word of God when you're never reading the Word of God. You can't live out the Word of God when you're never hearing the preached Word of God. You need preaching and teaching. Oh, I don't need to go to church. God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And, and we don't perfect people through our own words or our own visions. We do it through the preaching of the word of God because he says they want to come into the unity of the faith. Well, they can't come into the unity of the faith without the preached word of God. Your preacher is just trying to help you live for God. He's not trying to crack the whip and run your life. He's just trying to help you live for God. I want to be thoroughly furnished under these good works. 
So we need the scripture, and we need all scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. There's a lot of people, oh, Old Testament, man, there's just too many names in there. There's too many genealogies. I can't, they, they can't handle it. They can't, oh, that's just, I don't understand it. But the Old Testament is all that the New Testament church had. Paul never preached from John 4 or John 7, but he did preach from Isaiah and, and from, the, from David. And uh, yeah, he, he preached from all these prophets because we are built on the scripture, says the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And we read about the apostles in the New Testament, but if you want to know what they're teaching, go to the old. Acts chapter 2 is nothing more than just uh, Peter is simply declaring what David said and what Joel said. He's preaching from the prophets. He's not preaching from Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. He's preaching from the prophets. This is that, the prophet Joel. Joel been dead a long time. Joel's book was written hundreds of years earlier. And that's what he was preaching Jesus from. And so I have a hard time understanding salvation, understanding the Lord or the ways of the Lord because uh, the majority of his ways and the things you're going to learn about God are going to be in what we call the Old Testament. It starts with him and it moves toward a revelation of him. But you learn so much about him in the way he dealt with his people in the Old Testament, how he was. You learn about his moral uh, character and the things that he, he likes and the things he doesn't like. You, you, he taught people how to live, how to be, how to act, what to do. He gave them those commandments. And so Peter wrote and said the, the Old Testament was not written by the will of man. He said, but these, these holy, holy men of God, they, they spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. So when Joel wrote what he wrote, it was through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. We love the Holy Ghost. And so I want what the, if the, whole, you know, the Holy Ghost in Scripture says it's the spirit of truth and lead us in all truth. Well, if that Old Testament was written through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, it's truth. And so that's why we need to read both books. If all you've got is that little... New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs, that's, that's all right to carry around with you, but you need a book that's got all of it. <laughs> you know, uh, we need all of those things. And the New Testament, it, it, man, it, it's going to teach us how to live and what to do. Uh, the, we, we read the Gospels, the life of Jesus, what he did, gives us examples. The Bible says we needed that because he came to show us and, and you know, reveal to us him that is true. Give us an understanding of him that's true. So we read the gospel. Then we read the acts of the apostles. We read what they did following out the great commission. We understand how, that they, uh, how they conducted the church and how they carried their lives, what they preached and, and what they said, what they taught. But then there's the letters. And the letters, Romans, all the way up to Revelation, it's for the church. It's for the saints. It's not... to to be just handed out to people who don't even know God. It can help maybe 
birth something in them that will lead them on. But, but the letters were written to the saints, to the church, to teach the church how to behave themselves, how to live, them, live righteously before God, how to live out God's word. So you know, if you want to get people saved, get them saved from the right book. Give them, give them what Jesus said in the Gospels. Give them what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost and then the, what the rest of the apostles did through there, baptizing people in Jesus' name, seeing them filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. That was the, the plan of salvation. And, and so we need to make sure that we're telling people, living out God's word in the right way. But when people read that scripture, that you because know, it's quoted a lot, Thy word I've hid in my heart, so I might not sin against you. And when you say that, it's, it's so, such a simple statement that I don't think people grasp completely what it does for us. Proverbs 4 and 23 talks about our heart. It says, to keep our heart with all diligence because out of our heart are the issues of life. And so when I hide the word in my heart because out of it are the issues of life I hide the word to avoid issues you hear what I'm saying it's like man when you have that word it does so much more for you it's just like well I'm just stuffing it in here it's not it don't really do anything I'm just making sure God knows I've got the word stuffed in my heart but once it's in there it's going to manifest in your life if it's really there if it's really hid in your heart, you're going to walk the walk that God intended you to walk. You're going to live the life that Jesus intended you to live. And so that's because out of your heart are the issues of life. And the Word helps with every issue of life. There ain't no subject that is not covered in God's Word. There is no subject... The scripture says one place there's nothing new under the sun. And there's nothing new gonna be. You know, just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it's new. I don't know what all went on in Noah's day, but it was bad. And just because they didn't have phones to catch it on and, and screenshot it, don't mean it wasn't bad. You know. But the scripture says they were wicked, they were evil, they just kept trying to figure out ways to be more evil. They were, I don't know what they were doing, but it was so bad God said, that's it, I'm about to wipe the slate and, and uh, start over. And so, you know, there's nothing new, and God's word covers it. I've been talking, I talked about some of this in, in marriage, premarital counseling, that, that you, you know, you... If you line your marriage up with the word because the scripture covers marriage and how to, to conduct your life and how to be the spouse you need to be. So uh, because uh, so hide that word in your heart. It'll help you be a better husband, a better wife. It'll help you be a better friend. It'll help you be a better person. Because, man, living by the word, that's the best way to live. And, and here's the thing. We're going to do whatever is put into us to do, whether it's from somebody else or ourself. That's it. We're, we're programmable. People are programmable. And we're either going to be programmed 
by the world or by the word. That's it. It's either culture or covenant. We can't serve two masters. You're going to hate one and cling to the other. Whoever you yield to, that's whose servant you become. So we're going to do what is ever, what is ever put into us to do by others or ourselves. That's why the scripture says, take heed to yourself. Many times, examine yourself. Take heed to yourself. Work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. Uh, make sure you are uh, taking inventory of what's going on in your life. And when we hide the word in our heart, it helps us live this life for God. If we want to avoid tragedy and hopelessness, we can, uh, you know, even in the world, it, we can get things. We, we, we read books. We go to counseling. We watch you know, videos, we listen to tapes, whatever it is. People still listen to tapes. I don't know uh, anymore. But uh, we internalize things. We, we, we're like, I got to work on myself, you know, and so, to, so that we can facilitate our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And the best way for believers, saints of God, to do this is by hiding the Word of God in our heart. Because when we hide the word of God in our heart, we're better. Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Meditate is not a passing thought. That's heavy thinking. Meditation is, is a little different than just, oh, the Lord's good. Meditation is, man, you're getting it in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. You're, you're getting it. And it says, and this man shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Brings forth, this tree is going to do what it's supposed to do. It brings forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he does will prosper. Look at all the things that come to you by the word of God. Ungodly or not so, people that don't live by the word, they are like the chaff. The wind drives away. So the ungodly shall not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. God knows us. And he knows us, you know, by what we do. You know, a lot of people, you know, just, well... God knows my heart. Whew. You know, uh, you really get yourself in trouble saying that. Because yes, he does. And if he knows your heart, you better hope he's finding the word hid in it. <laughs> because, well, you know, because people use that to say like, well, when they're not really wanting to do everything God wants them to do, they're really saying, well, I'm just human, I'm just flesh and blood, and God knows my heart, and he knows I really want to do it, I just don't do it, I didn't do it, but he just knows I want to. But, but the psalmist said, when I hide the word in my heart, I will not sin against him. I'll be able to walk in the way I'm supposed to walk. Now, don't get me wrong, this guy that wrote that, he's just as apt to make a mistake as anybody. He's still flesh and blood. And, and even when we start hiding that word in our heart, we can still let our carnality override our heart. 
it happens. The word is spiritual, but we're flesh, we're carnal, and sometimes we get carnal-minded, and the carnal mind is not subject to God, neither indeed can be. So even when it's there, we can, we can say, all right, we can. You know, Jesus said the words I speak are spirit and life, and the Bible tells us not to quench the spirit. Whenever we go against the word of God, we're quenching the spirit. Because the word's going screaming at you, don't say that. And you're going, shh. And then you just, bah, 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 bah. you know, when somebody cuts you off in traffic or does something and, and it gets in your mind to, to make a, an ugly gesture or, um, and, and the Holy Ghost is going, don't you do that. And you're like, shh. I'm just waving. No, you're not. <laughs> and, and what's bad is that same person, like, they, they see that, and they, like, they remember your car. And next week, they, they're a visitor at church. And you stand up to read the announcements, and you're like, when they see you do this, they're like, hey, I've seen that before. It was a little different. And they come tapping you on the shoulder at the altar. Hey, bud. How come you went down there praying after where you... Uh, but that's, you know, that's funny how it never happened. It could. You could show out in public, show out somewhere, do something, then come in here on Sunday, be all spiritual. And here comes that person that was videoing you while you were showing out. It can happen. Be careful. You go up to shake the hand. Hey, I'm glad to see. Don't I know you? What kind of car you drive? That's why you got you got to be careful. Hide the word in your heart. Listen, think about it like this: When I hide the word in my heart, what do I have? Well, I have God. And in the beginning was the word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Why can we say greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world? We, we automatically think of, of nothing but the Holy Ghost, but you know what? The Word of God is greater than any temptation. When the Lord said, I've given you power over all the power of the enemy, he had not even given them the Holy Ghost yet, but they had his Word. And what did he show when he walked that his word was greater than any situation? It was greater than any sickness. Take up your bed and walk. It was greater than any storm. Peace be still. It was greater than any demonic force come out of him. That was just his word. He didn't have to slap nobody, grab nobody, kick nobody. Nothing. Just speak to it. And he... And he and what did the 70 come back? They come back, hey, even the, the devils are subject to us through your name. When we would proclaim your name, when we would preach the gospel, people were being healed, people were being delivered. There was no real surgery going on there. It was, it was that word that he gave them. And today that word is enough to keep you in temptation, to keep you out of messes. Okay, you're in a bad situation. You're broke. 
The baby needs milk. You think, my neighbors are not home. I know they got a lot of cash laying around. And I'm not a thief, Lord, but you know my baby needs. So I, and about the words going, thou shalt not steal. And you're like, shh. Because you'd have to shush it. And you break in. And you got the money. And you're on the way out. And you get caught. And you go to jail. And you see what happens when you bypass the word. God, your word was hid in my heart. But I just quenched it. I wouldn't listen to it. And I went ahead and did that. And look at the wreck. Now I'm going to jail. And my kid's going into foster care. And I'm in this mess and that mess. And things are a lot worse than it was when I was just needing some money. You know, it's amazing. The reaches of sin. When he said, I, I've hid your word in my heart so I won't sin against you. Uh, the, the, the reaches of sin are so far reaching. It's never just about us. It always impacts somebody else. It always messes somebody else up. And God's saying, this is how you stop this stuff. This is how you stop those generational curses. This is how you stop uh, making the same mistakes over and over again. You hide my word in your heart. Because every time those bad choices come in, I'm going to offer a way. There's no temptation taking us. But the Lord said, with the temptation, I'll make a way of escape. You know, often the way of escape is the word. It might not supply your immediate need, but it'll keep you from sinning in the temptation. You got it? Somebody makes you so mad, I can just kill them. People, some people's got tempers, and before they know it, be like that and things can go bad things can be really bad the word of God said thou shalt not kill and you know if that word's there and I'm living by the word I, I never have to worry about killing nobody as long as I listen to the word you don't have to worry about lying stealing as long as you listen to the word you don't have to worry about giving in to temptation as long as you listen to the word as ch children of God, that have a, we have a guide. And when we have this guide, it'll keep us. It'll help us. That's my cue. I'm wrapping up. But when you have the word hid in your heart, you'll have forgiveness in your heart because forgiveness is in the word. You'll have mercy in your heart. You'll have kindness in your heart. You'll have love in your heart because that's all in the Word. But you're born again. You're born again by the Word of God. That's new life. You'll have that new life feeling in your heart. When you have the Word hidden in your heart, you have answers. You have wisdom. You have understanding. You can learn how to please God and live the life that's pleasing to Him. You learn how to love Him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength because He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You learn how to be better at relationships, marriage, being a parent, being a steward of finances. You learn anything. It's, it's covered in his word. His word pierced darkness, conquered death when he said, Lazarus, come forth. That's how powerful the word of God is. And Lazarus was four-day dead, deteriorating, but his word completely restored. When the word's hid in your heart, 
Man, you've got something that can restore you, revive you, refresh you. It was his word that said, peace be still, come out, rise, walk. Come, walk on the water with me. One time Peter said, Lord, at your word. And they pulled, tried to pull in a, so many fish that it break the nets. His word's provision. It gives you everything you need. Let's stand together. And I'll just, I'll, I'll, I had several more scriptures, but I know I need to stop, so I'm going to read this. Psalm 119 and 112. 119 and 112. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always. But this, even unto the end. It's just like he said in this verse 16 I won't forget it I'm going to always remember it even until the end Jesus said I'll be with you even until the end of the world that's why you can keep the word to the end hide it in your heart and I'll make sure it's there Lord and then I'm going to keep it all the way to the end that's why Paul said I fought, finished my course fought a good fight kept the faith and now there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me. I, I held on to it to the end, to the very end. So I want, to live, I want to live out the Word of God. I've been born again by it. Now I want to live by it because I want to be pleased another Him.